You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. And we have a fun-filled show for you today. First, we'll go ahead and talk about our predictions if the NBA playoffs were to uh, start today. Uh, And then we'll go ahead and talk about our trading card scenario, which would include Isaiah Thomas, Zeke, the original Isaiah Thomas, who played for the Detroit Pistons. And we'll also compare that to uh, Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, so definitely a fun-filled show. And uh, let's go ahead and get started. So if the NBA playoffs were to start today, we would have in the Eastern Conference, we would have the Milwaukee Bucks play the Orlando Magic. We would have the Toronto Raptors play the Brooklyn Nets. We would have the Boston Celtics against the Philadelphia 76ers. And we would have the Miami Heat facing off against the Indiana Pacers. Why don't we, Danny, start with uh, our predictions for the 1-8 seed matchup, which is Milwaukee Bucks against the Orlando Magic. What say you? I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Milwaukee going to sweep Orlando. Jason, what you got? Hey, look here, man. I think uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee will win the series, but I can see Orlando possibly pulling out a game. And let me preface all this by saying, uh, look here, man. Uh, during this COVID-19 uh, stay-your-ass-at-home uh, situation, I have seen so many uh, NBA players – while they're playing video games, whatever the case may be, man, they're not working out, man. So there's no telling how they're going to come back uh, in shape, even though uh, the NBA is saying, what was it, 25-day type situation where 11 days personal workout and then 14 days of uh, kind of like a training camp. We don't know how the players are going to really come back, but we're talking about if playoffs were to start today, how they were pre uh, COVID-19. So uh, there you have it. Just wanted to preface um, all of our uh, predictions based upon that. So going to the number two versus seven seed matchup, Toronto Raptors against Brooklyn Nets. Who you got, Danny? I'm taking Toronto in this one. I can see Brooklyn still in a game or two just due to how Brooklyn plays uh, with their defense and they have a bunch of scrappy players. But I see Toronto taking care of this series. How about you, Jason? Yeah, I got I got Toronto here as well. Um, and then I, I do see Brooklyn getting in a game. I, I don't think two. I can see them getting one game. Uh, so I see Toronto in five. Boston against Philadelphia 76ers. Who, who do you have, sir? This one's tough. Uh, it depends on Embiid and Simmons. So when the season was put on hold due to COVID, Simmons was still out. And B was planning to come back. As that may be, I'm still taking Boston in this series just due to their consistency. I think it would go six or seven. It would be a close series, but 
I'm thinking Boston would take this one. How about you, Jay? Um, I have Boston in this. Uh, I can see Boston in five, maybe even maybe six, but no, no more than six. An interesting matchup between the Miami Heat, the four seed against the Indiana Pacers, five seed. Who do you have? I'm going chalk here, Jason. I'm going with Miami. I think this also would be a pretty close series, but I just see Miami have a little more grit than Indiana and being able to gut it out and their defense would bring them to the top on this uh, series. How about you, Jay? Listen, I got, I got Miami in this. Uh, I see Miami in six or seven. Um, I think that uh, the Pacers have that true grit mentality. Um, this is really going to stem upon if Oladipo remains healthy. Uh, even more so, let's just be honest, man, uh, Brogdon staying healthy for the Pacers. Uh, we know Brogdon, he's played for our Bucks and had that injury history. Uh, it's translated over to the Pacers. We'll see if he can stay healthy. Um, but I listen, I, I think Miami will prevail uh, in six games, uh, possibly seven. So that leads us to the second round. Uh, I think we pretty much agreed upon all the first round uh, winners here. So second round, we have uh, our Milwaukee Bucks playing against moment in time, the number four seed, which would be the Miami Heat. Uh, and then we have the Toronto Raptors at the two seed playing against the uh, Boston Celtics uh, at three seed. So let's start with our Milwaukee Bucks uh, against Miami Heat. Who do you have? Jason, this is why I missed the NBA. These are going to be some good series. Uh, the second round matchups, if they played out as they currently are today, Bucks Miami, when they were playing, you and I had a conversation about this, about which team may upend the Bucks. And Miami was my selection. Knowing that, I think the Bucks would will take this series based on the way it was ending, the way they were playing. But it's not just going to be a walk all over Miami series. They're, Miami beat them twice this season. I, I'm taking my uh, Milwaukee, but it, it's going to be close. I'm taking Milwaukee. I'm taking Milwaukee on this one. And I see Milwaukee. Man, this is going to be a, a tough series. It was going to be an okay series, I think, before uh, the COVID lockdown. I think this is going to be even tougher series uh, when they get back. I think, honestly, the Bucks mentality coming back is going to have to be about true grit. I think the Bucks, yes, they had a little finesse. They had a little grit down low. Uh, Miami, to me, was all grit, man, grit and grind. Uh, I think the Bucks are going to have to really incorporate that more so coming coming back until they all kind of get really back in uh, health, back in shape. Uh, keep in mind, Giannis hasn't been shooting. A lot of NBA players haven't been shooting. The Miami Heat, listen, they relied upon that three-pointer close to uh, us, right? Or just as much as us. Keep that in mind. Um but I, I see the Bucks getting getting Miami um, six. I see more so in seven games. I think this is going to really go down to the wire. And I think honestly, with the experience that the Bucks have, I believe that they will prevail. Uh, so that takes us to our our next one here. 
the Toronto Raptors at the two seed against the Boston Celtics at the three seed. Who do you have? I'm thinking Toronto here. And I'm only going based on experience. I know Boston has a lot of experience. Um, the addition of Kemba Walker is someone they can go to at the, at the, when the game is close. I just think Toronto's championship pedigree and experience beat the Boston Celtics. This one's close too, man. This is why, like I said, it's, it's tough looking at this. <laughs> Knowing uh, right now it's all in. I'm going Toronto. Look here, man. This is going seven games. That series will go seven games. This is a tough one because I'm thinking about Jason Tatum. Um, although he did indicate he hasn't been shooting uh, throughout this entire break, but man, Jason Tatum before the break, man, he could, man, he could ball. He was playing, he was playing MVP level. Oh man, he was, oh, he was just so Easy. nice, man. He yep. was just, and I would have really loved to have seen him blossom even further in the uh, playoffs. Mm-hmm. I have to go seven games, which means it will be playing in Toronto. They would have home court here. See, this is one of those in where I can see the, <laughs> even the seventh game going into overtime. I can, yeah. I can really see that. I can see it for this series. Uh, I'll have to go Toronto on this. Just on, on the experience. You know who I'm thinking of? I'm honestly thinking about um, Toronto's Serge Ibaka, uh, Gasol. I'm thinking about that duo, that experience right there. And I'm thinking about how Boston isn't as long as Toronto is. And that, to me, is significant because you start thinking about uh, the rebounding. Um, You start really thinking about scoring down low, easy buckets. Uh, when you need it. Um, talk about defense as well. Uh, so that's what I really start thinking about. And so I'm, I'm going to take Toronto on this one. That leaves our Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, it's basically a rematch from last year's conference finals. Our Milwaukee Bucks against the Toronto Raptors again. Our Bucks against Toronto. Who do you have, Danny? I'm going with Milwaukee, and it's only due to the matchup. And going through what they went through last year, I think they'll be a little hungrier this year and look for revenge. Toronto matches up well with them, obviously, at all positions. So you got Siakam out there who can play Giannis. Uh, Gasol can hang with Lopez. They're about kind of the same player. So they're evenly matched. This is where you would think a Middleton would have to step up and bring the Bucks to the championship, he stands out the most where he can take advantage of a lot of different scenarios and setups and matchups. So I'm thinking the Bucks, just based on them being there last year, not finishing the job, and then taking care of business this year. Look here, man. I'm taking – well, let me, let me preface my answer here by saying this is exactly why I believe you need to – you needed to really have – gotten DJ Wilson really involved. Get, give him some minutes early on coming back from COVID-19. Um, if we got Marvin Williams to specifically go up against Siakam, I'll be a little concerned there. I don't know how long Marvin Williams is going to be able to hang with uh, Siakam, though. So you need, you're going to need a, some kind of backup person to defend against Siakam. Uh, Bugs will win this series because the, the revenge factor 
and then also I think that is it's time for yeah it's time for Giannis it's time, um, but I believe that this is going to be a seven game deal. Uh, I think it'll be seven games, and it's going to go back to Milwaukee, where our fans are going to have to really uh, be for real and and just be extremely loud. So I'm 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 picking Milwaukee to go to the NBA Finals, man. With that, let's go to Western Conference. Jay, before uh, where, you start, Jay, oh. before you go into the Western Conference, one thing of note too, depending on how this all plays out, there may not be fans. So when we revisit this, if they start the season back up, and we'll have to see too what the fan if the fans are involved or not, because that may change a lot of these matchups. Where if they're playing in an empty gym, man, that's me. That, that's going to be tough. <laughs> that hurts a lot of that home court advantage, obviously. I know I'm stating the obvious, but a lot of these teams feed off that energy, and if they don't have it, there could be a lot of upsets. Well, you know what? Let's talk, let's talk about that, man. I mean, I think now is a good time to talk about it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we, we don't know as of yet. The NBA is still analyzing the situation, you know, whether or not they need to just be in a city or two, have – uh, specific hotels, um, and then just, you know, play the games, just a couple of cities. Uh, it seems like it wouldn't necessarily be in where there'll be a Milwaukee or Orlando series in Milwaukee or Orlando. It would do, I mean, so let me ask you this. If the NBA decides to just have it in where we play off games in a couple of cities, are your results pretty much the exact same? I would rethink a few of those closer ones where if I'm thinking it's, it's going seven games, seventh game at home versus seventh game on a neutral floor makes a ton of difference. Like I said, I think we revisit this once we hear more from the NBA because right now we're just dealing with hypotheticals. But I think that shifts a couple of these series where a lot of these gyms, man, or arenas, that makes a ton of difference because you got the fans like a Boston, for example, how loud that gets. Toronto, Miami, or Milwaukee too. So it's one of these things where if that's not there, does that impact the team psyche? Well, not only that, from a Toronto standpoint, let's think about them having to go through customs. Both teams have to having to go through customs. Wouldn't necessarily have to deal with that. A lot, a lot to consider. A lot to consider. Western Conference, we have the Los Angeles Lakers at the number one seed against Memphis Grizzlies. L.A. Clippers, the number two seed against the Dallas Mavericks. Three seed Denver against six seed Houston. And then the four seed Utah against the fifth seed Oklahoma City. So let's start at the very top here. The 1-8 matchup with Los Angeles Lakers and Memphis Grizzlies. Who do you have? Uh, this series, I'm taking the Lakers. Memphis may get one game in this series. Let me just say... Let me just say this. The eighth seed is currently the Memphis Grizzlies. For those of you who say like the last 10, 15, 20 games of the NBA season isn't about much, I totally disagree with you. As of right now, you have about five to six teams 
battling for the eighth seed. So you still have Portland, the New Orleans Pelicans, Sacramento Kings, San Antonio Spurs, and yes, the Phoenix Suns. They're still battling for the eighth seed. Now, granted, whoever is the eighth seed against the Lakers are going to lose. The Lakers will win that series. But man, the last 15, 20 games of this NBA season was going to be great just to see the competition uh, amongst those five to six teams for that eighth seed or really the Lakers against anybody who is the eighth seed. And I honestly see that in the sweep, man. I don't think uh, LeBron and them are going to be really playing around. So I, I see that in the sweep. Clippers against the Dallas Mavericks. Who you got? Oh, man, I really want to take Dallas with the upset here. <clears throat> but I just don't. They just don't have the pedigree from an experience standpoint to match up with the Clippers. So the Clippers with Kawhi, he's going to carry them. But I think this will be closer than what people think. So I think Dallas could possibly steal two games here in this series, but I still see the Clippers winning just based on Kawhi. But Dallas will make it interesting just based on Luka and his supporting cast. This is going to be a very interesting series, man. This is going to be a fun series to watch. I'm going Clippers in this one purely because of the defense. Luka doesn't like to play defense like that. Um, and I really believe the Clippers are going to really body up on Luka. So I see the Clippers winning this, and I see them winning it um, in six, maybe even five. Denver Nuggets against the Houston Rockets, the three versus the six seed with Denver being the three seed. Who you have? So for this series, I really like Denver. It's really unfortunate that they would match up against Houston because I think Houston's going to win this series. This is a bad matchup for Denver, in my opinion, that this is who Houston would want to play in the first round, either them or Utah. In my eyes, I think Houston, Houston could be a two seed, and I'm taking Houston just based on their spacing. They're going to neutralize Jokic, and they're just going to run them Run them up and down. I'm going with Houston in this series. How about you, Jay? I'm going Denver, man. Listen, man. I believe that Houston will have a repeat in their shooting performance. If they're going to really just rely upon their small lineup, if they're going to rely upon three-point shooting, you see, you've seen what has happened to them in the past when they did that, right? And not only that, you have Jokic. I'm pretty certain that – you know, there's a couple other big bodies there coming off of the break. The big question question is whether or not uh, Tucker is going to be in great physical shape. Tucker tends to play all the all the centers, and over a course of a series, man, that is just going to be a lot of weight, a lot of body on him. I would say this too: you, you're talking about Houston running Jokic uh, up and down the court. Hey, listen, if Houston continues to play that ISO ball. That's going to give Jokic the opportunity to rest on defense, man. Yeah, you give the ball to James Harden, he, he's going to dribble for about 10 seconds at least. I mean, that's 10 seconds of rest. I'm giving this to Denver, man. I would say, in the albeit in the close series, uh, I can see this going seven. I really can see this going seven, but I'm giving this to Denver, man. I think that might be our very first one that we, we disagree with. That is correct, Jason. All right. <laughs> All right, so we'll – We'll see how this plays out. All right, so we have the four-seed Utah against the five-seed Oklahoma City. Thunder, who do you have? I'm going with the upset here again. I'm going OKC. Utah, talent-wise, they're way above Oklahoma City. But Oklahoma City has something about them, man, with Chris Paul's leadership. And Alexander, 
playing the way he's, he was playing. And they're big. Steven Adams, he can hold his own against Gobert. So when I look at this, you have a few key matchups where you have CP3, Conley, Mitchell, Alexander. There's something about Oklahoma City now that I didn't believe at the beginning of the season when we did our predictions. I didn't have Oklahoma City in the top eight. But there's something about them right now and the way they're playing that I think they can trip up Utah. Uh, this is another one, too, another team, Utah, who has a big home court advantage. So depending on how this would all shake out, this is one of those teams that I think would be impacted the most by not being able to play at home in a in a playoff series. So my prediction is Oklahoma City, and that's based on CP3 and his leadership. Look here, man. This is the second time we don't disagree. I'm going Utah in this series. I think Utah uh, with men defenses between – Gobert and Mitchell. I just think based upon the experiences that they've had last year uh, in the playoffs uh, and the hunger and desire to advance even further, I'm going Utah on this one. Uh, Utah is deep, uh, which I think is going to work in their benefit because of coming off of this uh, long rest, long break. Uh, I think the more bodies you have, the better you want to be in this particular situation. I'm going Utah. So with that, that leaves us second round here. So we have the Lakers going against uh, Utah in my case, and the Lakers going against Oklahoma City in your case. Uh, who, do you, who do you have in that series? I'm going with the Lakers here. I don't see Oklahoma City being able to beat Utah and the Lakers. Um, I can see Oklahoma City maybe getting a game. I'm going to go with Lakers here. I just don't see them. This is a very tough one for me. Because what I feel in Utah is not only would they have the experience from last year, last year's playoff run, they also have the depth. They also have, in a sense, the continuity within a team, which is a little bit different than what the Lakers have, where they don't have that playoff experience collectively together. They don't have... Uh, as deep as a, of a bench as Utah does. Uh, yes, they have obviously LeBron, uh, AD, but man, to keep throwing bodies at both of LeBron and AD, both of them, I mean, that's going to be hard coming off of this COVID 19 break, man. So I'm going to go with, I'm going with the Lakers on this, but this is going to be a long series. And I really believe AD is going to get punked a little bit here. And I see Lakers winning, and I see the Lakers winning in seven. I think this is going to be a seven-game series. That's how confident I really feel about Utah other than picking them to win. I feel confident in in saying that this would be a seven-game series. So that leaves the Clippers against in my eyes, Denver, in your eyes, Houston. Who do you have in that, in that series, Danny? I really want to go Houston here. But the Clippers' perimeter defense and their ability to go small with Houston, they, can ma- they match up in every position with Houston. So I'm going the Clippers as much as I want to go Houston because that's who I thought at the beginning of the year. But I got to be realistic here. Like I said, it's just the perimeter defense that the Clippers have and their length that will give Harden and Westbrook problems. And then they have their bench with Lou Williams and Harrell and the rest of the crew they have. This is where if Houston does get through Denver and they're a little tired, the Clippers are going to wear them down because they can just throw body after body after body at them. So I'm going the Clippers. Look here, I'm 
if I if I had picked Houston to win the first the first round, right? I would have uh, picked the Clippers in five, maybe six. Um, but being that I picked the Denver Nuggets, uh, I see the mm, that is going to be a great series. Clippers against Denver Nuggets. And I will say that that series will go six or seven games uh, in the L.A. Clippers' favor. Uh, I think that's going to be a very competitive game, or excuse me, very competitive series. I, I like the Clippers' defense. I think they're going to rely upon the defense throughout this when they come back. Clippers um, over the Denver Nuggets, uh, which would leave in both of our cases – all L.A. Western Conference Finals. Who do you got? Let me say this first, man. When you do your NCAA bracket, you sit there, look at your bracket, you see a whole bunch of ones on there in the Final Four. You're like, ain't no way in the world this is going to happen. That's the way I'm feeling right now, looking at this with the Bucks on the one side being the one, and then we have the Clippers and Lakers here. So we got one, two, one, two. That being said, I'm, I worry for the Lakers on the, with their depth. With the Clippers. That's where the Clippers can try to wear down LeBron. They're younger than the Lakers. They can throw bodies at AD as well. And they got dudes that can score is what they can bring it. So without belaboring this too long, I want to say the Lakers, but I'm gonna go with the Clippers just to be different. I think it's going I think it's gonna go six or seven. I'm just struggling with the Lakers depth. All this being said though, looking at all some of these teams, I can see one of these other two through six being in the same spot. So that's why I'm real salty right now that the season isn't going on because we can't see this play out. But right now, I'm going to go with the Clippers. You know, disagreed a couple of times, but we, we're going to agree on this one. I think that the Clippers are going to get them. I think the Clippers are going to advance purely because I'm concerned with the depth. I think the series before uh, where I picked uh, Utah uh, to play them, uh, I think Utah's depth is really going to bother them. I think it's going to tire them out. And to go on to the next uh, hard series, I'm going Clippers. I can see this seven games. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here. So let's say the NBA decides to pick Vegas or decides to pick, pick a neutral location. If it's an all-LA Western Conference Finals, do you – do you say NBA? Yeah, I can go home, and we can have the series right here in Staples Center. <laughs> Something to consider. That would be very exciting. I think they should do that, man. Forget, forget Vegas. Listen, go to LA. You can have you know media six feet apart. <laughs> Just really have it, have it where you have the pageantry the best that you can mm-hmm. in the situation that we're in in the Staples Center. Yeah. And so therefore you have Clippers and the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals. In which the Bucks handled them throughout the season. Times. Yeah, they yeah. handled them throughout the season, man. I would have to go And I I would say they handled them convincingly. This comes down to in this particular matchup in my opinion, Paul George and Middleton because neither of them have played in the finals and neither of them had that type of pressure on them. Kawhi and Giannis, they're going to do their thing. That's going to be a wash in my opinion. It's Paul George versus Middleton in this case and who can step up and take their team all the way. Oh man. 
That's going to be a hell of a matchup, man, because I'm even thinking about the Clippers bench. And they got more depth with Morris since the, they played the Bucks. They picked up a couple pieces. Uh, they picked up Reggie Jackson. They picked up Morris. A couple extra bodies. And these dudes aren't scrubbed. I'm worried about the Clippers, though, man. I I like them, but I'm just not like 100% sold on them even being the Lakers. It depends upon how Doc Rivers play them. So I remember a time where when Coach Bud went to a small lineup. We hadn't seen that before. And and I could see him going, going to that, quite honestly. I can see him going to a small lineup a couple a couple games there. I'm still saying you got to play DJ Wilson. My concern is we don't have anybody who can match up with Harrell. Harrell is just too, too strong and this man, he can beast you down low. I don't see the Lowell Press brothers being agile enough to really stick with uh, Harrell. Uh, in those two games that we did play against Harrell, he actually play against us extremely well. I think that's he's going to pose to be a, a huge problem for us. I'm torn on taking the Clippers, man, to win it all. That just doesn't even sound right. That's what kills me well, this I whole think, thing. You know, so, I feel like this. One person who we – well, two people, I believe, who we haven't mentioned yet. Mm-hmm. Lou Williams. Yep. Coming off the Clippers bench, man, that's instant offense right there. Yes. The other person I think that this break is going to hurt, Dante DiVincenzo. Yep. He was balling. He was balling big time for the Bucks prior to this break, man. He was really starting to come into his own. Mm-hmm. I do know that Kawhi is not afraid to guard Giannis. I can see Kawhi guarding Giannis throughout the entire series. Now – Giannis, you're going to have to come with it, man. This is for the chip. Kawhi is going to get down up on, underneath your legs and, and really kind of get you down low, man. So that's going to be a hell of a series, man. That's going to be a hell of a series. And then they bring Marcus Morris off the bench as another body to throw at him. Another body who, to throw Who gives him fits? You saw that when they played Boston. Marcus Morris yep. gave him fits at times where mm-hmm. – for whatever reason. So that's, oh, man, procrastination here, man. I'm, I'm trying to – I can't wrap me, my head around the Clippers winning let, the championship. Let me, let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this. Yes. Wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't this just be so perfect but yet jacked up for the Clippers to win? And what I mean by that is in the worst way to win – your first championship, I believe this would be the Clippers' first championship, for you to win it like – this jacked up way. I mean, that almost kind of screams a storyline. Almost the same thing for the Bucks, though. Think about it, man. We haven't won since, what was it, 71? And we were that close last year. And for it not to be in front of our fans. But forget that, man. I'm going Bucks in seven. I'm going to go Clippers in seven. But like I said, we'll revisit this once we have more information. This is just based on what we know now. And there are a lot of factors involved if they do – uh, start the se- or season back up. So, man, I really... this was this was something we just wanted to get through because we've been holding this on our chest for a while and wanted to talk about this because some of these matchups, man, would be great. Dear NBA. I miss you. I miss you, NBA. I miss staying up until 1, 1.30 a.m. watching the Western Conference 
playoff games. I missed the appetizers, that uh, that being the Eastern Conference playoff games. I miss the NBA. I miss you, NBA. I miss you, NBA on TNT. I miss you, Ernie, Charles, Kenny and Shaq. Yes, we do. Oh, we miss them on Thursday nights. I miss you, NBA TV, because you would put those bum-ass games, first-round playoff games on your network, but I still will watch you. I miss you, NBA. I miss the popcorn. I miss the, the almonds. I miss the drinks that I would have just watching your games, man. NBA, I miss you. All right. Because those sentiments exactly. Great way to put it, Jay. So for our trading card scenario, we have Isaiah Thomas, the first Isaiah Thomas who played for the Detroit Pistons back in the early 80s. And we thought that this would be a great way to pull in um, the younger NBA fans. Uh, We wanted to compare one of our greats back in the 80s with a current great, um, that being Damian Lillard. Um, their games matched up pretty well. Um, so we just wanted to do a comparison. And so uh, this is the trading card scenario. Uh, go ahead, Danny. And so for our trading card heads, this would represent the 86 Fleer Isaiah Thomas for the 2012 Panini Damian Lillard. And Panini, for those of you who are not familiar, they've been a brand that has risen since our time back in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s and taking over the car game for the most part. So a lot of the collectors are looking to gather these Panini cards. Panini Prism is one set of cards that where the value is for trading. Back to the scenario though at hand, Isaiah Thomas versus Damian Lillard. And for the rookie card, and I'm looking, when I talk about this, I'm looking at this from we're looking at it today. I have a Damian Lillard Panini card. I have an Isaiah Thomas 86 Fleer rookie card. Which one would I want to take and trade? And as I thought about this, I'm going with Isaiah Thomas. There are a couple factors involved with this, looking at the rookie cards and value and things like that. But Isaiah coming out of Indiana, won a national championship, ended up winning a couple championships with Detroit was part of the bad boys. They had a stigma, uh, something about them that gave Jordan and magic fits. They established a, a brand of basketball that ended up having the NBA to tone it down from when they would play and how they played. So for those of you who are not familiar from back in the 80s and early 90s, if you're going to the basket and you're trying to do an easy dunk, you ended up on your back. <laughs> You're not lying, man. <laughs> they didn't call it the Jordan rules for nothing. Exactly. For all you young cats, listen, look up Jordan rules or the Jordan rules, and you will see nothing but the Detroit Pistons. And so when I thought about this trade and I thought about Damian Lillard, he came from a small school. He's following the path of Isaiah. He's staying with the, he's with the same team. He's in a smaller market, 
So Isaiah was in Detroit. He's out in Portland. He's a great player. But I just look at the body of work and having that card, knowing Isaiah when he came out of school, and even right now, what his career ended up being and the value of the card at this point in time, Damian Lillard's is similar value. But I would rather have the Isaiah Thomas rookie card in this trading scenario just based on his impact on NBA history. And he's a top NBA 50 NBA player. So, Jason, how about you? Look, man, when I look at the resume of Isaiah Thomas, we're talking about the same Isaiah Thomas who a month after he graduated from high school went to go play uh, in the U.S. Pan Am Games in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Shout out to uh, Puerto Rico. 1979, won a gold medal. Later to his freshman year, being named all Big Ten as a freshman, the first freshman to ever do that. Later that next year, his sophomore year, won the championship, drafted number two overall. And it was I was curious. I was like, man, who in the world was in that draft? Because I was like, man, I was just curious, right? So in that draft, I'm just going to name off some names. Those who are younger, you may not know these names. I highly suggest you, you look them up. The number one draft pick in the same draft as Isaiah Thomas was his boy from Chicago, Mark Acquire. A couple of other names to read off. Buck Williams, Orlando Woolridge got drafted at number six, went to the Chicago Bulls. You remember Orlando Woolridge, Danny? Yes. The little chain and the, the little <laughs> chain and everything there, the, the afro and everything. Dunking on yeah, cast, dunking on cast, man, real muscular and everything. Yeah, he got drafted by the Chicago Bulls at number six. Tom Chambers got drafted by the then San Diego Clippers. Rolando Blackman, wow, Kelly Tribuca, man, Herb Williams. Uh, let's see here, Larry Nance. Oh man, that draft was deep. Who who did the who did the Bucks draft? Alton Lister. Oh yeah, boy Alton. <laughs> to name some other ones in the second round, Eddie Johnson, Danny Ainge. Just to let, you know, just to give you a perspective of who was in the same draft class as Isaiah Thomas um, in the NBA that really carried the NBA throughout the course of the eighties. Granted, they could have been more so role players um, and all, but nonetheless, I mean, they were very pivotal uh, on a lot of teams. And Isaiah Thomas was at the top of the class or close to the top of the class there. We're talking about the same Isaiah Thomas who uh, later became – who later was named uh, one of the greats, the 50th uh, greatest players of all time. Uh, in order to be named that, you had to get a couple of chips. You had to uh, go ahead and uh, go through some battles, pivotal battles between Boston Celtics on, in your own conference, and then later to go against the Lakers in the championship round two times in a row, and then against the Portland Trailblazers. Isaiah Thomas, man, his handles were nice, man. His handles were nice. We we got to give it up for Isaiah Thomas and his handles. We talk, we're talking about, for those who are uh, a little bit younger, yes, Damian Lillard has some great handles. Um, he's probably in the top three in terms of handles in the NBA right now. 
Um, so I can't cannot deny that at all. And granted, when you watch um, older games in the '80s, um, they're not as as fluid, if you will. Um, the handles are not as great, uh, if you will. But the a couple players that stood out having handles that included Isaiah Thomas. The shooting that included Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah was man. Isaiah was a bad boy. Who could ever forget uh, Isaiah uh, game six against the Los Angeles Lakers in the NBA finals when he sprained his ankle? He severely sprained his ankle, but what did he do? He got back in the game and they ended up, I want to say they beat the Lakers in that one to force a game seven. And that was in the uh, 88 uh, NBA finals. I mean, the guts that he had limping all around and still gave it to him, still gave it to him. So with that, Damian Lillard is a great player. I remember Damian Lillard in the playoffs. I just remember uh, Damian Lillard on the right-hand wing shooting the three, no time left on the clock. And what happens? He, he, he makes the shot and waves bye-bye to none other than Russell Westbrook. That was a moment right there. That was a moment. Another moment was when he beat the Houston Rockets in the playoffs before to have two chips. And if we're talking about the rookie card, let's talk about this, the rookie card. I'm good. Again, Isaiah, 1979 Pan Am Games, all Big Ten freshman year, first freshman to ever do it, second year sophomore at, at IU, wins a chip. That alone, to me, uh, indicates uh, your card is more valuable. And so with that, I'm going Isaiah Thomas all day, every day on that one. Uh, I agree with you. Damian Lillard is, Lillard is still writing the book on his career. But to me, there was no other rookie card like Isaiah Thomas other than Magic Johnson's um, rookie card, in my opinion. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.